A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, and welcome to this podcast episode where today I am joined by a gentleman from my own town of Nottingham, England, Paul Kelly, affectionately known as PK. Do we do we need to drop the PK handle, uh, PK, or is it Paul? I mean, how do you want to be addressed? Um, I, I quite like PK. Um, I, I find it a, a term of affection. Most of my closest friends call me PK. Um, I think some people feel they've earned the right to call me PK. Um, it's it originated from when I was younger. It was uh, because there was more than one Paul in a cricket team. Mm, so okay. they uh, used my initials and it kind of stuck in a cricket sense. And then it sort of transferred to the, the major world as well. Mm. So there you have it, listeners. What's in a name? Does it really matter? Because it's a label, isn't it? You know, whether it's Paul, PK, um, or, or is it important? I mean, let, let's start on that note, PK labels and I know this is something that you and I have spoken around and I don't want to stray too far away from the mainstream title listeners hopes for the future so PK thought he wanted to talk to us and tell us and inspire us about hopes for the future but let's park that for a moment and by way of creating a bit of a foundation if you will let's explore this thing called labels PK is PK a label I think PK was a nickname. It was um, it was short for my my full name, Paul Kelly, and um, I think it was um, it was for simplicity originally um, because there was there was more than one Paul in a cricket team, so they called me PK and they called the other person PR. So it was uh, it just made it made it easier for the coach and it made it easier for players when they were. When the coach was addressing me, he'd say PK. When he was addressing the other other Paul, he'd say PR. Because so, at the start, we both kind of turned around and went, as soon as he went Paul, we went yes. Mm-hmm. And it was just to make things simpler. So um, a, a little quip here then, listeners. I'm just thinking, I wonder if PR got more publicity than PK. Just a thought. <laughs> well, I, I happen to know that PR later went on to become quite a high-profile banker with a, a well-known high street banking company. Right. I saw, I saw, I met him in later life. We played in the same county cricket team when we were 13, and then he came and played at my club about 25 years later. Mm, interesting. So back to the... Uh, well, OK, well, before I was, I was going to say back to... Um, you know, the hopes theme. Before we do that, let's talk about labels in general. I mean, obviously, we've, you know, nice little icebreaker. We've, we've played with yours a little bit there, PK, your, your label, your, uh, your name. But talk to us around your own thoughts around labels in general. You know, because isn't it true that in society, we're kind of insistent on using these labels and sticking them on people all the time, aren't you? You know, he is this. She is that. They are the other. 
Any thoughts or labels in general? I've, I'm of the opinion, as I've grown to be in my mid-40s, that my opinion of labels has changed quite a bit. Um, we try, as human beings, try and put everything in a box. Originally, I thought it was to make things simpler for everybody. Um, if we categorise everything, like we do with plants and animals, we know what category they come under. But we've kind of exaggerated it all, in my opinion, um, whereby we, we almost want to label everything. If we can't label it, then there's something wrong with it. So we kind of, um, we've gone a bit too far over the top, in my opinion. We want to sort of label everything. If we can't label it, oh, uh, we're a bit fearful of it. Um, and I don't think the fact that we've gone so far over the top with it, I don't think it's been particularly helpful. If we have, a, in my own kind of profession of teaching, if we have a child who displays behaviour that we don't really identify with, we don't think is the perceived normal, now we want to stick a label on it. We want to say he's got... Um, ADHD, or we want to say he's autistic, we want to say he's this, when in fact he might just be different. He might just be displaying different behaviour because he is actually a different, unique individual. Mm. Uh, but we seem to have this um, overarching need to put everything in a box, give everything a category, give everything a label. And I think sometimes that prevents people uh, displaying their own creativity because from an early age, if you're labeled as having ADHD, for example, as you get older, you look up what it is, what the definition of it, and then somehow you start perhaps behaving like your label or trying to perhaps use it to your advantage or disadvantage because people will then say, oh, it's, he does that because he's got ADHD. Well, no, actually, you gave him the label of having ADHD. He looked at what it was, and now he's displaying similar characteristics. Whereas if you perhaps didn't give him the label, just let him flourish, let him show his creative side, we could perhaps identify that it wasn't a, a behavior. It was just a one-off incident. But everybody seems to want to always categorize everything. And I think it can be very detrimental to people. Yeah, it's, it's too quick and, and convenient, isn't it? Just to put somebody, yeah. you know, in a box, so to speak. Um, and that's more about who we are. You know, that's all for our own comfort, isn't it? Our own security. I've got to deal with them because I've categorised him or her. He is this, she is that. Oh, it's very simple. Well, if only, if only. So, um, okay, so moving on from the labels thing then, uh, PK, into hopes, hopes for the future. Now, obviously, from a personal point of view, I've had the benefit of, you know, some close and, uh, and personal conversations with you. So, um, you know, I, I kind of know where you're coming from um, and for whatever it's worth, I, you know, you know I massively resonate. But t tell us about this word hope. What does that mean to you? It's just a simple four-letter word, isn't it? Hope. I think for me, it's something that 
when the going gets tough, if you haven't got hope, what have you really got? I think it's something that we all, we all, we all want, want or need or aspire to better things in life. But hope is that hope is this, this four letter word that we all kind of, if you, for the want of a better word, we all label it all under one category. Well, I hope, I hope things work out. I'm not sure if they will, but I really, really want them to. Uh, it's, it covers such a massive, a massive range of things. You might have a family member who, who is currently ill and you, you really hope that they get better. But you can't actually, you can't actually, unless you're a doctor, participate in that process of healing them. You're just giving your goodwill, your good energy, your good spirit. You're kind of giving everything you can into a positive feeling that things will get better for that particular person. Um, hope's quite a difficult thing to discuss if you're in a particularly happy place, I find, because when you're feeling particularly positive, you don't understand as easily how people can be uh, another label, can be depressed, can be um, upset, miserable, struggling with things. Um, I think hope is something that is a much more easy to relate to when you're going through a hard time, as we all will in life. Um, that's the nature of life. We will have good times and we'll have bad times. But I think hope something we cling on to when we're going through a bad patch, when we're going through a bad month, a bad week, a bad day, a bad hour, from a bit of experience, we, we know that things will pass and things will eventually get better. And hope's one of the things that I think we learn through experience that if we keep going and keep hoping, we'll get there in the end. Mm. I just want to pick up, PK, on two words you use there, good and bad. Is it true that really there isn't any good or bad? There's only that perceived good and bad because all there is when you strip it back for each and every one of us is the experience. The only power that experience has is what we choose to give it. So, you know, and I've used this example many, many times before. If we're wearing dark glasses, the world's going to seem dark. I think you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. We, we just experience things. We attribute, we give power, good or bad power, or good or bad energy to things through our current perception of whatever it is we're experiencing at that time. So um, if I just played football and my team had been thrashed 10-0, I would say I was having a bad experience I might have played particularly well, but as the overall experience, I would perceive as being a negative experience because my team has just lost. Whereas somebody might say, actually, you were the best player on the field. It would have been 50 nil if you hadn't been playing. But we, what we perceive or what the, the outside world perceive is how we attribute good or bad to things. And sometimes... We've got to look at things in a more, more simpler way. We've got to actually go, okay, 
was it that actually was it actually that bad? It was an experience. We've got to we've got to let it go. It's happened. We can't change it. So why are we attributing so much joy or pain to it? And I think that's one of the things I've learned over the last two or three years is you have a good or bad experience and then you move on to the next one. It's whatever power or energy you attach to it is whether you feel things are significantly good or bad with that experience. And really, once you've gone through the experience, it's gone. So why are you really attaching any um, good or bad to it? It's happened. It's about taking the learning from it, isn't it? Uh, you know, as quickly as possible um, before those negative thoughts and feelings and emotions are allowed to, you know, to take uh, take root and really, really stay with us. I think I think you, out of every experience, as you as you get older, you realise that if you hold on to negativity, it it like plants weeds in your garden and the further the roots of the weeds get in your garden, the further around the garden they spread. Um, I'm trying to think of a plant that's well known for this. Once it takes hold, um, you can't get rid of it. Ivy. And I think it's, I think it's a type of not Japanese knotweed or something like that. Um, and I think it's the same with bad experiences. The more you dwell on them, the more you let them fester, the more you let the weed grow in your garden, the worse things can get. And before you know it, what, what other people won't perceive as actually being that bad, your own perception of it has snowballed out of control and all the feelings of becoming overwhelmed and tired and exhausted and can't cope start to take hold. Mm. So going back to hope then, PK, hope this simple four letter word listeners that we keep talking about hope and uh, you know like pk suggests when the chips are down well you know when all else fails and we're, we're, we're stripped back to the, the the bare bones of life it's like wow, just hope hope that things get better or we perceive they get better so i mean from your own point of view pk what what are your hopes uh, for the future because I think it's fair to say, you know, over the last year or so, the world's had one or two significant challenges. So, you know, how does that sit, sit and square in your world? I hope sincerely that we are, as a world, as a universe, we are coming out of the global pandemic, having learned lots of lessons from it. I think throughout the different continents, people have experienced lots of pain from this pandemic, but also it has brought lots of, lots of more human sides of people back, to, back together. I think people have been more friendly to their neighbors. They've been more friendly with people they perhaps wouldn't normally be because it's been a bit like a war. We're all in this together. Some of us will get through it and some of us may not, but the more kind we can be to people and the more helpful we can be to people, then the better our chances of getting through it. And I think that's one of the things I've noticed with people. People have been more civil to people who I've come across 
people who perhaps walk by you in the street have actually started saying hello. Whether it's a, an acknowledgement that you've survived another day and so have I, I'm not so sure, but it's been nice. Um, I've seen lots more nature. The fact that there's been less traffic, less people traveling to work has meant that animals, wildlife have come out come out of hiding and gone, actually, it's our world too. And we belong in, belong in it as just as much as humans. And we're going to have a look around and see what's happening. And it's been nice to see. I've seen more wildlife in the last 18 months than I probably have in the last 10 years. It's been a real eye-opener. And I think that moving forward, lots of people are starting to realise that we need to look after not just ourselves, not just, that ever, not just our bank accounts, but we need to look after the whole planet. And I think my biggest hope is that some of, this, some of the seeds that I've seen people have started to sow, I'd like to see them grow over the next five to 10 years and see what a big difference people can really make when they're all pulling in the same direction rather than chasing the pound or chasing the dollar. I think... When people work together, it's amazing what power they can actually and they can actually bring to the table and what difference they can actually make to other people's lives. And I think I'm looking for that growth in good nature, in humanity, in looking after the environment, in looking after nature to to grow, to keep to keep growing exponentially and to see what what kindness can actually bring back to this world? You've actually written about hope, PK. You, you know, small matter of having a, a few chapters published in a few books. Um, have you touched upon hope on any of those, um, if memory serves, four chapters? I have indeed. I have indeed. One of the last chapters I wrote was a chapter called Hope is where the heart is. I think when uh, when you look back on your life, when you have good times and bad times, it's always good to look on the bright side of life. And one of the things I've I've tried to do is when the going gets tough, is revert back to things that, for want of a better word, are certain, are safe. Um, throughout my life, cricket has always been a very big part of my life. Sport has. So when I've had tough times, I've tended to revert to people who I would say are certain people. You can count on them. You can rely on them. They're going to give you good advice. It might not be what you want to hear, but you know you're going to get the right sort of advice for where you're at at that moment in time. And I think you have to keep almost certain people in reserve for when you really need them um, because they will give you the kind of advice that your best mate might not. He might say, oh, come on, let's go down the pub. You'll forget about it tomorrow when really you need somebody to tell you what it really is and what it's really about. Um, and I think when you dig deep and you think, who really cares about me? You know, if my life depended on it, who can I really count on? Some of us will probably think, actually, 
there are only one or two people you can really count on to give you that honest, objective opinion of what you should do next. And I think that's when you realise that you're getting older, you're getting a little bit wiser, potentially, and that, yeah, we might have lots of friends on Facebook, on all these social media outlets, but when we're going through a really hard time, there are only a few people you can count on with that degree of certainty that you sometimes really need in life. Mm. So hope is where the heart is. In uh, If memory serves PK, that's in Speaking From Our Hearts, Volume 1. It is indeed. Mm. Tell us about some of your other publications, your other chapters. So I think... When I first started on my literary journey, I was very um, skeptical that I got anything to offer. And as someone who is a reluctant speaker, yet speaks and teaches quite a lot of the time in the day, um, I found it quite a cathartic experience to discuss difficult times in my life when I actually came down to writing on on paper, um, I found it quite difficult because I was talking about some quite emotive things from my past. But once I'd seen it all in print and once I'd read it all again, I found it very, very cathartic. I found it very soothing. Um, it, it alleviated a lot of pain. It was like taking lots of baggage out of my brain putting it down on paper and it freed up, it freed up some memory space in my head. And I felt that after I'd written it, that I'd got um, a bit of a spark back. It was like I'd unloaded a load of baggage that had been stored for years and years. And it was like a weight off my shoulders. And I found that once I'd done it once, that I kind of liked it. I liked that different kind of energy and different kind of creative spark that had started to, it started to burn a little bit from writing that first chapter. And I think when I came to write my second chapter, which was called One Ball at a Time, it felt like I was almost entering a new part of my life. And I think since, the, since I started writing, I've become a much more, creative and diverse person because of it. Mm, interesting word you use there, PK, around cathartic. Boy, have I heard that, that word used so many times, listeners around, people putting their thoughts, um, dumping their words on paper. I actually, um, I've used the word on more than, well, the, the line on more than one occasion from the old, um, moody, moody Blues, Nights in White Satin. I'm showing my age now. And there's a line in there say, that says, letters I've written, never meaning to send. And that's a great way, I think, of, of what PK's talking about there. You know, dumping those thoughts on paper, those emotions. Yes, at times they can be painful, but, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of, in a silent way, you're verbalising it. You're getting it out there, you know, Um I know one of the um, one of the strategies that some people use is they put all the kind of worst thoughts, fears on on paper. You know, they face up to that bully, 
and they write it down on paper and then burn the paper. So symbolically, because we, you know, we're, we're master storytellers, our mind is always looking for that story. And if we don't feed it with the story, as sure as eggs are eggs, you can guarantee our mind will feed us with a story. And I hasten to add most of the times, it can be creatively fear-driven. So best we beat it to the, uh, the pen, so to speak, write all the fears, write all the vulnerabilities, put it down on paper and say, right, no more, and then burn it. Just try that, listeners. Just try it and see what happens. Have you got any thoughts about what's just been said there, PK? Certainly have. I think for, for me, getting things that I'd probably needed to discuss or wanted to discuss onto paper and out of my head and putting it in a constructive, creative manner helped me almost burn the proverbial bits of paper. And it just created more space for more positivity. It was, um, it was, it felt like a new beginning and it kind of led to me looking at my whole life in a more positive direction. Yes, I've experienced negative things. I've survived it. I've reflected on it. I've discussed how I've survived it. And now we're out of survival mode. We're into, we're into flourish mode. We're into creative mode. We're into, yeah, we're here and we're here for a reason. And let's, let's, let's make something really positive come from it. And I think that's kind of led to me again, writing about a more, a more positive kind of um, aspect of my life of looking towards the future. What can we possibly do? How can we make things better? And I think the, the next piece of uh, writing, the next chapter I wrote was called Life Without Boundaries. And that was all about, we can live life to the full so long as we're not fearful of anything. Um, we can, we can, if we want to climb Mount Everest, if we prepare well enough, we can actually do that. It doesn't matter who we are, where we are. We can always find people who can help us as long as we don't limit ourselves. And I think the idea of myself previously having, um, I had doubts about certain things. I had uh, limiting self-beliefs. And I think once I'd managed to get things on paper and discuss the things I thought were holding me back, I actually realized that it was mainly a lot of fear. And some of it was actually quite irrational fear. And it was about discussing that and showing to people that you can overcome anything if you want to. You've just got to talk sometimes to the right person about what it is that you need to overcome. And then we can almost start a new journey with a fresh page and get back to doing the things that we all want to do, which is living our best life. And listeners, at the risk of oversimplifying, it's as simple as that. So I want to invite you in, PK, uh, as, as we always do with guests, right at the end to leave us with a warm piece of, uh, you know, really kind of thought-provoking, 
legacy creating insight uh hasten to use the word advice but you know that that share but before we do i just want to uh, ask you to share your contact details how people can reach out to you find out more about you etc so i can be contacted um i've got a new website that's currently being built but we'll will be up and running shortly so i can be contacted at www paul-kelly.com um, there's a holding page for a website and shortly we shall be uh, adding things to the website and uh, we'll be engaging on some new adventures and I'd love to meet some of you along the way and hopefully we can have some very flourishing and promising adventures together superb so the big question then PK well not the big question but the big you know, is it a statement? Is it a question? Well, the big question from me is what piece of insight, share, uh, as I say, I hasten to use the term advice. What are you going to leave us with, um, you know, the listeners to, to take away? What, what hope are you going to leave us with, PK? I truly believe that no prob- there's no such thing as a problem. There are just challenges that are there for us to overcome. We all have the strength within us to overcome any challenge. Sometimes we need to ask others for a bit of advice, a bit of help and a bit of direction just to get us over that final hurdle. Mm. And yet again, and listeners, it, sorry, BK. And I think that ultimately it comes from within. It comes from that. It's got to come from you. You need to, it's as simple as this. Sometimes we all need to, ask for help mm, and that's a very very poignant point to leave it on so all that remains now listeners is to uh, to hope that you enjoyed that little podcast dance between pk and myself and um i'm going to leave you with this thought and i'm going to sign off the way i always do and suggest that remember the world's changing how will you respond Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>